there. It is Friday, April 8th. How you doing? Welcome back to Cork Stats Powered by the Mayo Media Network. It's presented by Jock Market, the best new daily app absolutely anywhere. Download that bad boy for free. They're going to match you for $100. And using the code Mayo Media Net, we are going to make some money. Check out the tutorial that we have in the Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets playlist after you like and subscribe to the video here at the Mayo Media Net. We're going to be coming to you Monday through Friday every single day, keeping you sharp. And I really believe that's the key to following along with baseball. You really can't wait till the end of the week to do waivers and fab, decide on trades and set lineups, or do bets and daily all at once. We really want to be taking nibbles throughout the week, and that's what we're going to be doing here for you, me, the one-man band, going to be covering it all. Jock market and daily play. We'll be looking at all of the fantasy news around the league, and we'll be covering one bet for the day. Speaking of that, something I do want to, not to say it's totally pivot, but what I want to try and do is be as actionable as possible. I really don't ever want to be thought of someone who just goes through the motions. This show means a lot to me. Helping you means even more. So I think maybe a bit of a mistake I made yesterday was focusing on early games. I know this show is going to be out on the Vine, up on YouTube. Make sure you can also download the audio version of the pod. And I really, I should be focusing more on 7 p.m. So that's what we're going to do. As far as fantasy, we'll be covering the entire gamut to keep you sharp. News, notes, injuries, and the subsequent moves. However, when it comes to daily play and bets, I think I'm going to be focusing more on the 7 and 9 p.m. stuff so everyone has a chance to digest it, do their thing, get home, see the family, and then make their bets after they're fully informed watching Cork Stats. Yesterday, my jock market plays were in Milwaukee. That was in the afternoon, so I know that was a little bit off. I will not be doing that. Okay, so let's get back into jock market, where, of course, you know, some things never change. If you're curious about the game, I did do a full tutorial, but the reason it rocks is because you don't have to be tied to a 19 parlay. In order to win a DFS, you have to get everything right. Majority of days you leave with empty pockets, not around here. I took the original $20 free promo from Jock Market, went up to $3,300, like 16,000% doing the thing that we do. I mentioned it just yesterday, right? So I talked about what I was going to do, and then I went and did it, and now I'm going to show you the receipt. This is what we call transparency. The one and really only buy I had yesterday was Brandon Drury. If you notice for the audio-only listeners, Jock Market now has a lineup locked feature where that green circle next to a player pops up when they're in the lineup. You can search by price. That's what I like to do. And I look for the cheapest players that are in the game. He was also in a strong split. I was loving the price. Drury was going off under $2 a pop. The average player goes off at 5 The best players cost about 12 So these are real dollars. The best player returns $25 a share. So to give you an idea, if you bought the most expensive player at $12.50, they need to be the best player out of 100 just in order to double. Do not worry about the top of the board. I don't even shop there. I'm always looking for value. Drury went off at a buck eighty-eight. finished as the second player on the board. You can see I had 10 shares. He closed out at $180 total, and we profited 857% alone on Brandon Drury. So there you have an idea of how you don't need the big names, you just have to be sharp. And that's really another thing why I think Jock Market not only stands out head and shoulders above the other DFS platforms, but I believe when the dust settles in a couple years, it will be the platform that survives. But again, you don't have to be tied to these lottery tickets, you get to be sharp. I also like that the most popular players in Jock Market take the price with them. 
So if there's a misprice in DraftKings, FanDuel, DFS, and the like, everybody and their mom can get on it, right? You can have 100% ownership at a broken price. In jock market, that's not the case. There's a finite amount of shares, and the demand takes the price. So we want chalky players to take the price so we can fade them, and the people that paid for it don't get the perceived discount. So, listen, it's all about jock market. We are just humming. I know there's a bit of space between this show and the closing bell. Get at me on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. That's at MLB Moving AVG. Any time of day, any day of the week, we're here for you. Get up in the comments. Tell me, no, you know, let me know what you like, what you didn't like, what you're indifferent to, what you want added, subtracted, or anything in between. This means the world to me. I absolutely mean that. So, jock market is where we want to be. The best thing to do early in the day is just to identify stacks. We know Jacob Arizzi for the Astros in the late slate has struggled against lefties with the four-seamer and the split finger. So missing that location against some dangerous lefties, that's where we want to be. I'm looking at Jared Walsh. I'm also looking at Shohei Otani. But of course, they're going to be cost-dependent. When I mean top-flight players, I don't say I'll never go over the five bucks I mentioned, but I won't go really over ten. So Otani, I've got to get around eight to nine. Walsh, I'm going to have to get around six to seven. If not, we'll be looking for other lefties in the Angel lineup. And if they're really cheap, then we'll queue them up. I know I had one other one. Merrill Kelly is pitching for the Diamondbacks today. He's really struggled against righties. 835 OPS. All of his pitches in the entire arsenal. He's a minimum 415 X slug with a maximum 24 whiff. So he's really not getting it done. That fastball is in bad shape. It has entirely too much drop without the tail needed. So that's where he's gotten beat up. So we're going to be looking at the righties for the Friars. Look at Machado. We're looking at Voigt or maybe even Will Myers. Again, circle all the righties on the Padres and then we'll let the price dictate that. So I expect another very big day in the jock market. And if you don't play jock market or the other daily platform, probably focus on those stacks we're looking for angels lefties and we're looking for padres righties all right now let's get up into fantasy news and notes i think every day i'm going to try and add a little something right monday we'll do a bit of two starters and you know something like friday was really just going to be a news kind of blitz every day will probably be a bit of that so i guess maybe depending on the amount of news and action that we need to take you know then we'll see what else there's some time for so i do have some notes here Again, you know, baseball moves so fast. It's every single day. The best way to stay on top of this stuff because, you know, like the ever-moving river, a piece of news dropped, and, you know, a little bit later, it's just gone. And people that follow all the time would look at you and say, how did you not know that? So let's start right off the bat with some late stuff, right? I mean, not everyone, I'm on the East Coast. Not everyone is going to stay up till 2 a.m. to watch these West Coast games. Well, Robert Suarez, the Asian import, the reliever for the Padres, did get a crack at the save with... Taylor having uh, been traded for from the Twins, Rogers, I'm sorry, Rogers, um, not being available. Robert Suarez came in for the save opportunity and he blew it. He was throwing gas, but he walked a couple guys. Now, I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater here because he is highly skilled and it is a high pressure situation. It was his first shot, so we don't want to overreact. It happens to seasoned veterans. However, the fact that they did just bring in a closer and he blew that doesn't look very good for him. So I think in smaller leagues, I think you may have to consider dropping Robert Suarez. I may have held him through the trade news, but now they got a, um, a blown save. I think you got to drop him. 
My boy Big Meat Pete Alonzo got brushed like on the chin. The fastball was hit him in the nose. He went down like a sack of bricks. I was extremely worried, but the big dude is okay. He spoke today, said something, you know, no broken teeth or no nose. He's got a really cool attitude about him. He's not mad. He's in good shape. Another thing, player that I really like, pitcher for the Angels, Patrick Sandoval, had his start pushed back. From what I understand, he's okay. He is scheduled to go Monday, but the player in his spot is another player I really like. So Reed Detmers will be getting the start. And I think there's a couple things here. So not only is he healthy, right, which is huge. Any baseball player with a pulse really has a value. But I think there's a vote of confidence for Reed Detmers, a very highly touted prospect by myself. I'm a big fan of James Anderson over at Rotowire Prospects. Make sure you're following him if you're curious to this stuff. So I'm very big on Reed Detmers, and I think if you're in a shallow league and he's not added, you should be running to the waiver wire to pick him up. And I'll even do you one better. We might be, you might be cheering for him to not even be good, because even if he gets lit up, I think you need to add him, right? So there goes how we don't want to be overreacting to early season stuff. Again, I'm going to be, try to be doing as much strategy inter, you know, woven into the material as possible. So you still can get with Sandoval. He's a two-starter next week. Should be tremendous. Pick up Reed Detmers. Add him absolutely everywhere. Speaking of adding absolutely everywhere, if the baby goat, Tyler McGill, for the Let's Go Mets Go is floating out there, you must add him. He looked ridiculous. He was throwing smoke. Oh, my goodness. Not only was he throwing gas... Um, again, I don't want to over-apply the eye test, but I watch a lot of baseball. I also do quite a bit of analysis, right, if you couldn't tell. Man, but there's something to be said about composure and attack plans from young pitchers especially. And McGill went after Juan Soto's neck, and he beat him. And it was so impressive. You know, getting up there and throwing 99 is one thing. Getting players to chase is another. Being able to do both of those things against Juan Soto is something completely different. So he beat Soto in the zone with a gas. Soto couldn't catch it. And then if you ever watch Juan Soto kind of strike out, it happens so rarely that you see the reaction. He was like, wow, word. You know, word. Like, that was the good stuff. So... Juan Soto seal of approval on the baby goat McGill. Me too. If McGill is out there, he's a must start everywhere. I think you might even want to make a push, you know, to add him. See if you could trade for him. It's not necessarily trading high yet, right? So I think you want to definitely try and add McGill, get behind him and the Mets. On the other side, Patrick Corbin. This is for more deeper leagues. I don't think you're adding Patrick Corbin in a 12-teamer, but I do think in a 15-teamer, I think Patrick Corbin probably has some viability. Then over to Cincinnati, where the entire world is waiting to see who would save games for the the red bird the, the red legs there and it was none of the above Luis Sessa came in and I think the seventh everybody in fantasy circles had that had drafted Art Warren was wringing their hands waiting for him to come in he did not the ball went to Santillan Tony Santillan so I'm not the type to wait on these things you know a saves are very wonky usage is very wonky and sometimes we hear them go with the hot hand whoever's getting it done Add Santillan now. If you're in a daily league that's especially deep, that uses categories, you add him now and you worry about it later. I generally like to keep a roster spot, my very last bench spot, for this. It's like a pragmatic, like a practical approach to that last roster spot. Leave it open to churn relievers. Of course, this is really in in save leagues, deep roto leagues, where Santillan is a perfect opportunity for that. Maybe before he gets a second or third opportunity, and then he's the hot new commodity, and then it's kind of too late you're gonna to have to pay out the nose so I, I, i'm not in love with him i still think art warren is viable i wouldn't drop him but getting saves is more about opportunity than anything all right we also had a trade yesterday bradley zimmer was traded from cleveland to toronto for a reliever and now though that on its own 
doesn't have much impact. I think he'll probably slot in here and there, you know, for Toronto, maybe pinch hit, steal some bases, play some late defense. The big thing for me here is the vote of confidence from the Guardian front organization in the youth and the acquisitions they've made. So if you know, I've been very high. I am the president of the Miles Straws fan club. We bet him 25-1 to 1 to lead the league in stolen bases, and he got bop, 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 number one. So here we go. It's a good start for my boy, Miles Straw, the straw that stirs the drink, getting it done. But also, youngster Stephen Kwan looked phenomenal. Something that I preach when I am doing analysis for minor leaguers is plate discipline. Stephen Kwan perhaps has the best discipline in all of the minor leagues. He brought that to the majors. I think he walked twice. He's just impossible to strike out. I don't know if he might have struck out once in the spring. He's impossible to strike out. He brought that. The Guardians are behind him. They went and traded Zimmer. So if you can add Stephen Kwan, who might be on waivers universally. I mean, I would think in NFBC leagues, he's probably drafted. I know I was drafting, but it's not the case in every league. You got to pick up Stephen Kwan for the Guardians. You might even be able to start him right away, especially OPS leagues. One last note again, you know, so fantasy doing the whole league. Eliezer Hernandez is back. He got hit on, let's think of it with a line drive in the forearm. People saw forearm and were worried about real structural damage. It wasn't the case, it was just a bruise. So he's starting, he was available on waiver wires, and he'll be starting twice. And while he's pitching, Eliezer Hernandez is very impactful, um, excuse me, <clears throat> on a per inning basis. So. Um, there's your news and notes and a whole bunch of moves, ads, we're looking at saves, we're looking at categories, I'm doing points, I'm doing roto, and we're going to really try and cover it all. And again, if I miss something, get up in the comments, uh, that's what I'm, I'm here for. You know, my show doesn't end when I hit the end record button, that's just when the, you know, the recording ends, but the work is always still going on. All right, okay, let's, uh, let's round third and score this ball at home with a bet of the day here. Um, yesterday's was a was a push. I recommended a Cleveland on the money line at minus one twenty or minus one twenty five. But I was telling you, I, I'm very clear that I wanted the F five. I wanted the first five innings opposed to the money line. And look, that's kind of what we saw how why F five betting can be so advantageous. We actually saw it a few times yesterday. The uh, in the Guardians. I'm sorry, Cleveland um, was tied going into. Um, Bottom five, I'm sorry, they were ahead. The game was tied then in bottom five. So we pushed, right? So had you taken the F5 run line, meaning you needed to cover the run, you were ahead going into the fifth, and you blew it, you lose. We had the F5 money line, so we were ahead going into the bottom of the fifth. When that run scored, we just tied. It ended, we pushed. And if you had the plus the other way, you cashed, but... So there is a reason why F5 betting, again, you can push on a tie after five. And I'll tell you, in particular, I like to bet favorites in this manner because generally I want my favorites to be ahead after five innings in the first place, right? I mean, if we, we're betting Bieber versus Granky, we want to be ahead after five because after five, it's bullpens, it's wonky, it's usage, it's weird stuff. And that's what we're trying to avoid is betters. I personally am looking to make money. I'm looking to be even keeled. I'm not interested in these crazy bullpen games. I'm just not interested in that. Uh, if you're kind of pacing and frantic over outcomes... One, I think you're doing it wrong. Two, I think you might have too much money wagered. So there's a couple betting lessons before we get into today. So I guess the record is flat. Hopefully you, you took the advice and went for the F5 opposed to the money line. And, you know, you broke even and we live to fight another day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Today I'm going to focus on F5 again. Again, I'm just trying to stay away from bullpens early on in the year. I'm not sure they're particularly sharp. You know, we saw our, uh, Suarez, like I mentioned, give up that shot to... Um, 
Uh, he gave up a couple walks, and then Seth Beer uh, hit a moonshot later on. So I'm, I'm just trying to avoid bullpen. So I'm going to be looking at the Mets and the Nats. Um, obviously, we've got Max Scherzer going. I don't think there's much to be said there. Max Scherzer, awesome. Last season, 2.46 year rate, 0.86 whip, 34% K rate. He has a 79% in-zone contact rate. So, I mean, Max can just beat you in the zone, get you to swing and miss, or he can get you to chase his junk. His chase rate is better than average. You know, and then even if you get it, it's hard. You know, it's hard to hit it hard, though he does give up a lot of fly balls. Another reason I'm okay with the overs, right, uh, unders right now. That's what I'm leaning with the under fly balls uh, tending to sail a bit less with being so cold, air being so dense right now. So I'm on the under Mets and Nationals. So I think the Scherzer end of it, that line is set at four and a half, by the way. So we're looking to go under four and a half. I don't think the way the Nationals lineup looks right now, I don't think they scored one or two even off Scherzer. So I think he's going to be good for zero through five. He looked extremely sharp in the spring. He had a little bit of a hamstring or something. He's fine. He goes out there. He's a bulldog. Yeah, we know he gets nicked and, uh, you know, dinged up from here and there. But when Scherzer's on the mound, he's awesome. So when he says he's good to go, I believe the chairman of the board, that's old blue eye. I'm with him. It's the other side that I think people are going to be chasing. So I think people are going to be chasing the surface stats for Josiah Gray. Right, the ERA was very high, five and a half. The walk rate was very high, ten and a half. The home run rate was extremely high, over two. However, and I covered Josiah Gray at the Athletic. If you want, you can check out. I have some fantasy work there. It's a betting notebook, also there every Monday, Tuesday. I'm sorry, and so Josiah Gray is a very highly touted piece. He was the centerpiece of oh of the Scherzer deal, right? Of the Nats, the Dodgers, Scherzer deal, and I, I covered this. I, I, I man, it's, I forget the exact numbers. But his home run rate in the minor leagues was minuscule. I mean minuscule. Like less than half a home run per nine over hundreds of innings pitched. I'm just not buying the home run rate in the small sample in the majors. And it was all revolving around the fastball. His secondary stuff is elite. Okay, Not just because I like him and because I was pumping him and I drafted Josiah Graveware. Curveball and slider. So I'm talking about two pitches that each have a whiff rate in the 40s. That is bananas. In fact, they're both over 45. The struggle was with the fastball. So with just a little tweak on the fastball, Josiah Gray is going to be lights out. Again, lights out. Give me the track record. Give me the pedigree. Give me the decades of scouting, you know, over the handful of innings that people seem to be overreacting to. 70 innings is just not enough for me. In fact, that's what I like to get on young pitchers, right? I feel like he got that out of the way. We even saw glimpses of absolute brilliance. So that's where I'm all over Gray. I think even if the Mets get to him, maybe they get him for two, maybe they get him for three. So even if it's 3-1, we're still going to cash that under. Give me the under. F5 under. Four and a half. Mets and Nationals. Josiah Gray. Max Scherzer. And I think if Josiah Gray looks as good as I think he might, this game's going to be 1-0 after five. So we're fading all the bats in this game. Don't touch it. I don't really like the context. I don't really like the environment. And then I think with all the pitching, I'm with that all the time. Another thing about avoiding bullpens, Diaz pitched last night. So if you're with the Mets because you think they're going to win, is Diaz going to go again? And if he's not, do you feel secure in the role? So again, I don't just try and give you picks and how, but I really want to give you the why. So you'll see if you follow my work, I really am heavily invested in F5 betting. I truly think that's the way I like the pushes on the favorites. I want to avoid 
spending my emotional capital with the roller coaster ride. So I think that'll do it here for us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. We covered a bit of everything. Daily play, how to attack, and who. We want Angels lefties tonight. We want Padres righties. Then fantasy, tons of news and notes. We got ads. We bolstered your bullpen. We've even got a bat or two. I didn't mention Seth Beer. I mentioned him later on. He did hit a home run. I think you got to add him in all formats. He might even be 12-team head-to-head viable. Stick him on the bench. If he's healthy, he's going to get full of bats because of the DH. He could be a legit offensive threat. And a couple of bets to help you pay those bills. Come on. What could be better? And the show is free. And like my mama said, if it's free, it's for me. Make sure you download the Jock Market app. Get matched up for 100 bucks free. Use the code MMN for Mayo Media Net. Rate, review, and subscribe to the audio podcast. Like the show. Subscribe to it. Check me out on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. Check out... Everything that I got going on, I'm going to be doing, you know, full picks, the full algo results and stuff like that. I know people are coming to me hot and heavy. I'm I'm trying to do it all, man. It is really hard as the one-man band. So, everyone, enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Make sure you have a beautiful weekend. Oh, man, is it beautiful or what? Palermo, man. I just couldn't be happier. Thank you to Pat out there. Thank you to Maddie Best, our guys behind the scenes, because without them, there would be no us. And without no us, there'd be no you, the Cork Stats crew. Man, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, everybody. I'll check you on the flip side, yo. Peace. Peace.